0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Cape League Podcast. I hope you all had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Today, we have a fantastic interview coming your way with a member of the 2005 Chatham His resume is incredibly impressive, a Little League World Series champion, home run derby champion, two-time all-star, and just an all-around great person. But let's jump right into the interview with current Texas Ranger, Todd Todd Frazier. Okay, we now welcome on a member of the 2005 and 2006 Chad Amaze team, a former Little League World Series champion, home run derby champion, two-time all-star and current infielder for the Texas Rangers, Todd Frazier. Thanks so much for coming on, Todd. How are you holding up? Doing all right, man. How about yourself? You know, I can't complain. I'm actually, um, I'm up in Boston and, um, you know, we're still in the thick of it up here, but weather is finally coming around, 70 degrees today, so can't complain too much.
1: Yeah, so let's let's keep that going with the weather. If it's warmer, I
0: think people will get a little more excited to
1: stay at home, and but you know you can get outside a little more. That's all we ask.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. And everyone's health comes comes first. But really yeah. excited to have you on. I think we're gonna have an awesome interview. And um, you know, I really want to start all the way at the beginning for you because you know, obviously, you're a Little League World Series champions with uh, with Tom's River. Uh, you guys had a magical run. You know, as a young kid playing on that stage, what was that experience like?
1: Yeah, it was uh it was kind of what kickstarted my career. Uh my brother went in '95, Jeff, um, and everything he did and my older brother Charlie did, I basically wanted to do. So I knew I was nine years old. I went to the Lily World Series in '95 with my my two buddies, RJ Johansson and Joey Francischini. And we knew together that hey, you know, Jeff is doing this now we want to do this in three years. So from eight years old on, basically we won every tournament uh, to the highest level. it's like, all right, now we know we can get out of New Jersey. And eventually we did. That was probably the toughest part was getting out of New Jersey. A lot of good teams Randolph, to name a few. Um, But yeah, it it was unbelievable experience. It helped me with
0: pressures in life and baseball as well.
1: And um, the fun part about baseball too. So it was, it was very enjoyable.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I think, Thinking back to Little League myself, I mean, that like those summers were some of the best summers of my life. And I actually, I don't remember much of, uh, of, of your team specifically. The one thing I do remember was those black jerseys you guys had to wear for some reason. I don't know why that sticks in my head so much, but it does. Um, but yeah. I, I was looking back at that championship game and, you know, you had uh, probably one, one of your best games ever in Little League. I mean, you went four for four, you started the game at shortstop, ended up pitching and you got the win. So, I mean, <laughs> literally on the biggest stage that you could possibly be in at that stage of your life, what did that mean to you to, like, have a performance like that on, on such a, a big stage?
1: Yeah, man. That was before analytics. I might have went four for four or four homers if I knew more. No. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, honestly, it was – I really didn't know what I was doing, you know, per se. Like, you know, I didn't know the multitude of everything that was going on, playing in front of 45,000 people. Um on the, one of the biggest stages a, a young man can play under. We were just going out there having fun. I think that was the best part of our team was our focus wasn't on, oh, we got to win, win, win. Of course we wanted to win, but it was, let's just have as much fun as possible. When we played fun and loose, we were unstoppable. And, you know, it start, I think every game we played that year, our coach, Mike Gaynor, wanted us to lead off. So we, ne- we were never the home team in any of the games unless, you know, we had to be. We always had a coin toss. And we hoped the other team won because they always wanted to hit last and be the finishing team. But with me leading off, I'd usually hit a home run or a double. And all of a sudden, it's one nothing after two batters. And it's like, all right, pressure's on them. It's like, all right, they're going to have to figure out a new pitcher. They're going to have to figure out who they're going to put in and, you know, put the pressure on early and often. And that's basically what we did.
0: No, no it's funny you said that because, you know, Obviously, I don't. I didn't have the career you did, but you know, when I was playing in senior Babe Ruth, we had seven all stars in our lineup, and we said the same thing: we want to be away every single game to make sure that we get all of our at bats. <laughs> you know that that was our yeah. biggest thing. So I get, definitely can relate in that in that regard. But you know, having that having that run in Little League was that kind of the first time that you thought about that you could maybe be playing baseball for a long time.
1: Yeah, I mean. The thought was definitely there. You know, we had Yankees games on all the time, Mets games. Um, I love watching Paul O'Neill; who's probably one of my favorite players growing up. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be like all those guys, Don Mattingly, um, you know, Derek Jeter. All those guys were guys that I looked up to. And I really, I really thought, you know, basically I got, my brother Charlie was getting, he was a senior in high school and he was getting letters from all these uh all these scouts from MLB and I got my first letter in, uh in seventh grade the next year after from the Toronto Blue Jays and I said you know what it might be a joke you know there was a questionnaire whatever it was but at the end of the day I really appreciated that I remember like it was yesterday and you know I was telling everybody I got my first major league letter and I was only 13 years old so it was a pretty cool experience
0: yeah that's really cool and I mean, especially the the success you had at a young young age, it must have been nice growing up with two older brothers who also had success playing the game. So yeah, I yeah. can imagine that they helped you get to where you are today.
1: Without a doubt. And then if they saw me steering the wrong way. They grabbed me by the neck and, uh, and you know, just like a young puppy uh, trying to walk <laughs> or something, they'd grab me and let me know what the right thing or wrong things do. And then the biggest thing for me, I always ask questions. It was a big thing that You know, my father taught me, make sure you're always asking questions, watch what the best guys in the game are doing and see, um, you know, also see what the mistakes they're making. I always watch my brothers and see, you know, when they would lose a game, what mistakes happened during the game. So when I had those opportunities come, it was like tying a shoe. I knew what to do and what not to do. So I, I do. I thank them
0: every day. Oh yeah. I mean, I know that feeling. I, I know the brother too. We actually ended up playing soccer together in college and like, I definitely would not have been the athlete I was without, you know, getting to play with him all the time and, you know, watching the same thing, watching the mistakes he makes and that sort of a thing. So of course. that's definitely really cool. But now kind of shifting focus over to the Cape League. I mean, when you think about just the Cape League as a whole and your time there, what's like the first thing that comes to mind about, you know, whether it's a memory or an experience or anything like that?
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, I think Coach Schiffner, he was uh you know, the first guy that comes to my mind, he played an important role in my life, too. You know, also having fun. The guy that, you know, lived his, living his life to the fullest. Um, what a great friend of mine. We talk all the time. We bullshit, and, and uh, <laughs> we have a good time. I think of the atmosphere there was awesome. Every game was against the best of the best in college. I mean, I think of the team we had with Evan Longoria, uh, Chris Coglin, um you know Andrew Miller just to name a few guys we had a pretty pretty stacked team and uh yeah you know and everything in between i remember going to the the local uh market there and getting the they called it the Todd Fraser sandwich cuz i get a chicken parm sub every every time <laughs>
0: yep. uh
1: yeah it was it was just a great atmosphere low key but it, it was a great area and
0: great fans there too as well so so, Todd, you played under longtime manager John Schiffner and, you know, he coached in the league for over 20 years. You know, so how did his coaching staff help bring the team together so quickly and ultimately help you improve your game over two summers?
1: Yeah, he first and foremost, he was a Jersey guy. So uh, I had a little connection there. Uh, he grew up with my dad. They grew up together and they knew, you know, he, he knew how to treat me. I knew how to treat him. I think that was the biggest um, plus side for me. We had a lot of opportunities. We had a great team. I think he understood over the thirty plus years of coaching, you know, what guys he can he can get in their rear end and tell them how they how he feels about him and what guys uh, you know, he had to step off and, you know, take to the side. You know, he knew I was a guy that he can get in my, you know, get on me and I wouldn't I wouldn't take it serious because at the end of the day it's all constructive.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um he knew he had the best of the best. And I think he understood he's not gonna be the coach and be like, y'all, you need to do this, you need to do that. No, he's a coach that he would explain after the game. Let's go over what we did wrong and let's try not to make those mistakes again because, you know, we are the cream of the crop and, um, you know, why, why did we do it? Let's, let's explain. So when it does happen, we're in the right spot. And I think that's what helped me out. He was a coach for the players. He's a player's coach. And I also like to talk about his wife. His wife was a great mentor too. She was uh, always there, uh, whenever that summer came around for comfort, for guidance. And, uh, he wouldn't be that coach if it wasn't for her, too. So I give her respect. She's such a great lady.
0: No, it, it's funny you said that because all the players I've spoken to so far in this podcast, they've all said that the coaching is, is some of the best that they've had. And it really just comes down with how they treat you guys. Um, so it's really good to hear that you had a good experience with John. And, again, it comes to no surprise with her having 30 years of experience. Yes. Um, but thinking back to that first team that you had, you know, you played with the guys like Longoria and Andrew Miller. Are you still close with a lot of those guys from that team? Oh, without
1: a doubt. Whenever I see them both, we always, we talk about it every time because, uh, I played shortstop and Longoria was a third baseman. And then, then the roles got switched and then he became a shortstop and then he came third base. So we have such a good time when we talk to each other, we bring up all the fun times we had the party and, uh, going to the, you know, to the, um, to the Cape Cod and enjoying, you know, the water there and, uh, the food. So, uh, You know, I I had such a blast there and, um, you know, it's just such
0: great memories for all of us and, um, you know, something that'll last for a lifetime. Yeah. I mean, thinking back to that first summer, did you have any specific goals for yourself? And like, did you have any concerns leading up to it, whether it was baseball related or just life in general?
1: You know, basically for me, you know, from Jersey, I I, I felt like I had something to prove. And, uh, you know, I went to Rutgers, which is a great baseball school, great athletics. But I felt like people understood that, you know, oh man, you went to Rutgers. It's not the, it's not the LSU's or the, or the, um, you know, Mississippi's or the Floridas or the world. So I felt like I had something to prove. I went up to Cape Cod and I proved it because I had a really good season, and I was proud
0: of myself with a wooden bat too as well, and um, that made it all better. Nice, nice. So I mean. Now thinking about it, you're one of the the guys who played two seasons in the Cape League. So your second season, did you have did you change your approach at all? And like did you have any different goals for that second season? Or was it just like continue on? Let me show everyone I'm the best out here.
1: Yeah, you know, basically, uh it's funny you say that. I actually I played for I think a week and then I actually tried out for team USA and made it. So oh, basically it was a little bit over a year. Um it was funny. I went up there, I thought I, I was I was excited, ready to do everything. I actually I struggled. I was like oh, for 20, the first 20 at bats. I'm like, oh, my God, this is embarrassing. I'm going to go to uh, to uh, Team USA, and I'm going to embarrass myself. But then all of a sudden, I went to Team USA, and I batted like 800 in the trials. And I knew I wasn't going to leave that team. And uh, Schiff knew. He knew. You know, when we talked before we left, I, I love him to death. And he understood, yeah, hey, you're not coming back here. We know what's going to happen. And uh, that kind of mentorship from him, he understood, too, as well, and uh, that's the respect he has for me, and I, I have the utmost respect for
0: him, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you guys still have a good relationship today, too, which, which is definitely awesome to see. So, okay. you know, one of the other th- unique things about the Cape League is kind of having a host family and living with a different family for a while. So I know you yeah. you stayed with Paul Gallup. You know, what <laughs> was that experience like living with a different family? Oh, my God. I,
1: I called him the family guy. He looks like the guy from the family guy, man. I love him to death. <laughs> Paul's my man. Um, you know, he's a Jersey guy too, as well. Grew up with my parents, um, in, in North Jersey and Morristown, Morris County. Um, uh, with a fun loving guy, man. Uh, I'll give you a quick story. So I asked him, you know, on my head, Paul, listen, I got about 15 of my family members coming up. Can they just crash in your basement or whatever? And he said he hesitated, but then he said yes, but he had a dog named Nelly. And, uh, Nelly was quiet. He was afraid of everybody. You know, he, he loved, for some reason, he loved these orange popsicles. It was my favorite Paul's favorite. <laughs> But lo and behold, all we told him, just don't let Nelly get out of the house. And, you know, I'm at practice before the game, and they're calling me and said, oh, Nelly left. And every time you go near the dog, he'd run away even further.
0: Mm-hmm. And <laughs>
1: Paul was, I, and you know, he'll never tell you this, but he was so pissed off. And I felt so <laughs> terrible because I should have just made him crash at a hotel but uh, we finally found him. He was gracious. Uh, but, um, you know, God bless him. Him and him, him, his wife uh, are, are so nice and their kids too as well. I and mean, his daughter used to work at a fish market and she used to come home and stunk like fish. Like all the, those kind of memories and they do puzzles. I mean, those are the memories that will last a lifetime because we, we knew when she was home that, you know, the, the work was over and we had to run away. But it was <laughs> awesome times. Uh, and I really appreciate them. They had my brother, too, as well, in the Cape Cod, so they had plenty of memories with a lot of great major leaguers, and I know we all appreciate them because they're they're, they're letting two or three people live at their house for about two months at a time. Uh, it's very nice for all those people.
0: Yeah, I thought, th- I thought it was funny because I heard with Paul that he had one rule in the house, and it was, you can have as many popsicles as you want, but you can't touch the orange. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me and him used to fight over the orange
1: ones because we <laughs> – the purple and the greens and, you know, the reds were next. If, if there was not orange, you'd have to go with the reds. But sometimes they were gone too. He was like a big dad for me, another dad. He was he was the best. But like uh, that, that, like silly memories like that, you wish you could go back in time and relive and it was fun.
0: Uh, I bet, man. Yeah, I mean, that sounds literally like just like the dream right there. But, yeah, th- thinking back to those couple summers, you know, whether it was with your teammates or with, you know, Paul Gallup and his family, what were some of the, you know, your favorite activities that you would do away from baseball while you were on the Cape?
1: Um, for me, uh, what did we do? We, uh, we just hung out at the, at the, I think it was the beach there. Was it, is that the beach or the bay? I don't know what the heck it was um, in, in the Cape Cod league there, but uh, mm-hmm. we'd go down there in the sand, make a, make a, uh, a bonfire. Uh, yep. You know, we, we all just had a really good time. I mean, what other things did we do? You know, we would just drive around and check out the sites. I think we went to a Boston Red Sox game one time, but all in all, just hanging out with the other guys and the people that lived there. They knew who the baseball players were, so they gave us a little leeway when we needed it. But you know, we we had a we had such a such a really good time. You know, when we hung out together.
0: Oh yeah, I remember because I used to work at the uh, Cape Cod Mall right there. So and I'd work at a, a sporting goods store. So every summer, you know, I would see. The, the, you know, the Cape League players come in and right away, it's like You play in the Cape League, don't you? You guys yeah. stand out <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's funny there. But um, I mean, your Cape League experience obviously was incredible. But, you know, you've had a tremendous run in, in the majors as well. You know, one of the first things that stuck out to me was your time in Cincinnati when you won the home run derby at the home field with your brother pitching to you. So can you yeah. kind of just describe what that entire experience was like, you know, winning in front of the home fans, but then also having your brother there by your side?
1: Yeah, it made it all that much worthwhile because my brother Charlie, he got drafted by the Marlins in, two, in 99. And he only, he made it to double A. He never made it up to the big league, So that was kind of like his shining moment. And he was the one who pitched to me. And my middle brother Jeff made it with the Tigers. He only made it up there for about two weeks. So, I mean, he can always say he's a major leaguer, but you know, I gave him another time to get back on that field and enjoy moments yeah. of being a major leaguer again. So that's what basically made it the best. And I know my mom and dad
0: were smiling from ear to ear during that whole thing. Nerv- nervous,
1: but at the end, they were happy.
0: Oh, yeah, I bet. I mean, one of the things that I had a question on specifically with the Home Run Derby is, you know, as a fan, every single season when it comes around, you always hear the baseball an- analysts talk about the how, how the Derby can impact your swing for the rest of the season. Did you feel anything like that when you, uh, the two years that you did it? Or did you not have any issues the second half of the season?
1: Truthfully, uh, I think that's an excuse, to be honest with you. We're all professional athletes. But, you know, for for me, I think it was more tired. I think uh, it was exhausted. I, I was absolutely exhausted after that. It kind of drained you. Uh, four minutes of swinging, is, uh, it's, uh, it's a long time. But at the end of the day, you know, the swing is going to be the same. But for me and other players, I think you're exhausted if you got to go down to the wire.
0: Right. No, exactly. And I know that when you went to the finals against Stanton, you guys I think set a record for most home runs in that day. I think combined, you guys had like over a hundred, which is pretty pretty incredible. But yeah, you know, speaking of Stanton, you know, in 2017, you got traded to your you know your boyhood favorite team, the Yankees. Yeah. Obviously, uh, us up here in the cave not huge fans of the <laughs> Yankees, but we'll let that slide. But yeah. I mean, with them, you you had a you had a ton of success. I mean, you were a fan favorite, played a key role in the clubhouse as a kind of like an emotional leader during that postseason run. So what did it mean for you to finally play for your favorite team and then have the overall impact that you did?
1: Yeah, it was great. You know, I only played there for half a summer, um, but it was awesome. Get back in the playoffs, that atmosphere of playing for something at the end of the year, there's nothing better. Uh, It's basically an hour and 10-minute drive home. And, um, you know, for most of us and all the people that I've grown up with are mostly Yankees, 80% that are Yankees fans, that was their moment too, as well. So I was basically playing for them and, um, uh, every, every, you know, every day at seven o'clock, I knew about, you know, 80% of South Jersey is watching it because of me. It was, it was a pretty awesome feeling.
0: Yeah, I bet. I mean, it must've been pretty cool. And obviously you guys had the, you know, a pretty good postseason run there too, but then. You know, the next two seasons, you 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 kind of, you know, go to the other side. You go over to Queens and start playing for the Mets. So, you know, what was the perspective like playing on both sides of the rivalry in New York City and playing with two different passionate but very different fan bases? Yeah,
1: very different, 100%. You know, at the end of the day, you know, the, the you got that feel. The Yankees are the top dogs with all the rings, but the Mets are, um, you know, try, looking up at them. So, you know, you get that feel when you get there. We had, we had a really good team. Uh, we all tried our best, you know. Unfortunately, we didn't make the playoffs those two years. Um, but, you know, I had such a blast playing in, in Queens, too, as well. Such great people, uh, demanding fans, and I think that's how it should be. You know, it's that what-have-you-done-for-me-lately uh, mentality. Keeps you on your toes, and, you know, some people can handle that, some people can't, and I, I thrive under that, and I
0: enjoy that uh, thoroughly. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And it's funny because no, I, I am a Red Sox fan, but my, my family, we had a house in Port St. Lucie. So every spring training, we'd go down to the Mets facilities, watch you guys do spring training. Yeah, uh, It's always so much fun for me. You know, just being around the, the passionate fans there and just being around you guys was always so much fun for us. But um, one thing I did want to ask you about uh, down in Jersey was is the Frazier Baseball Academy that you and your brother do. Um, can you kind of tell us a little bit more about that and why you and your brother kind of got that going?
1: Yeah, yeah, my older brother Charlie's the one who started with my brother Jeff. Um, those two are are dynamic down here in Tom's River in the tri-state area, with helping kids out. And you know, I just help out along the way once I, um, you know, get back from my season. We'll do some camps, some meet and greets. But they've been doing awesome for over ten years now, and uh, you know, they they're they're both fundamentally sound. They want to help kids, and I think that's their passion right now is helping kids. You know, be. You know, even if it take something a little bit better uh, during that camp or that day so they can work on in a mirror or at home during the winter months, um, you know, they're, they're, they're happy about that. And I'm very
0: happy to be a part of it. No, it's really cool because, I mean, I think about my time growing up in Sandwich on the Cape. And, you know, I would do like the Katua Kettleiers camps and the little pitching clinics and stuff like that. And I thought it was the coolest thing being so close to the players like that. So I bet that, you know, those kids feel the same way with, you know, three major leaguers. Yeah, you know, that must be a really cool thing for them. So um I got two fun questions I have to ask because I've always been very curious about this. Sure. Where did where did the nickname the Todd Father come from?
1: Yeah, that's a good one. It happened in Cincinnati. My for basically my first year. I came in and pretty much tore it up. I you know, Joey Votto went down, I played first, Scott Rowan went down, I played third. I was doing good, and I think I hit a home run one day and they, they put it online. The Todd Father goes deep. <laughs> and it just fits well. Jersey guy, you know, kind of Tony Soprano-ish.
0: And uh, yeah. I love
1: everything about it. So uh, that's the one I'll keep
0: forever. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's it's one of my favorite things, too. And uh, some some of my best friends are Yankees fans, especially when you're on the team. I just get telling the got the Todd father every single time let's you hear that. That's so good. So good. But, uh, you know, the last thing I wanted to ask you about is um, I noticed that you walk out a lot to Frank Sinatra. So... What's your favorite song by Frank?
1: Yeah, I mean, "Fly Me to the Moon" is probably the best song to come out to. Uh, what's what's the other song? "You Make Me Feel So Young." That song. "You Make Me Feel
0: So Young." Oh yeah. yeah. See that's, that's see that's my favorite. Yeah. I used I it used to be "New York, New York" until. Yeah. Um, until um, Aaron Judge started blaring it against the Red Sox, now I, now I don't like that song anymore. So yes, I, I, was, I, wanted Fran, Fran yeah. I wanted to get your opinion from oh, one Frank fan, one Frank fan to another one to get your opinion. Yeah, I like the, the undercover
1: ones that people don't really hear anymore. That one
0: uh, bodes well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, hey, um, you know really appreciate you coming on Todd I think this was a uh, super awesome interview and I think everyone really appreciates us here in your side of the Cape League and and your time in the major so hey yeah thank you very much you know stay safe and healthy and um, you know hopefully we'll be watching you on TV with the uh, hopefully the season can get going pretty soon with all this COVID stuff yeah
1: and I'd like to tell everybody up at the Cape man stay safe as well I had a blast up there I'd like to thank all the people that you know, all the small people that don't really get the recognition for putting up with uh, the young kids out there that come up there and all the hard work they went through. I'm I'm sure I'm, I'm missing a bunch of names, but tell them we love them down
0: here in Jersey. Oh, we will, believe me. And uh, keep up the good work, Todd. Good luck this season, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Thank you again to Todd for a great interview. That concludes this episode of the Cape League Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram. Keep an eye out for our next interview coming next week, but stay safe and healthy, everyone. We'll see you next time.